0: Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. This is episode number 31 for December 2014. My name is Stuart Lawler. Happy Christmas, everybody. As you'll hear, we're rocking out to Christmas uh, this month in our uh, studio here. Uh, Hope you're going to stay with us. Thank you for downloading and subscribing to our monthly technology podcast. We're with you for the next one hour and almost 13 minutes. And coming up, we're reporting from NCBI's Technology Day, which took place in Clare Galway College on the 29th of November. Brian and Louise Hartston are with us to launch Lisi, a very exciting new product. And I'm showing you the KNFB Reader for iOS. That's all coming up on this This month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. First up this month, a couple of quick reminders for you. NCBI are closing for the Christmas period at lunchtime, that's 1pm, on uh, Tuesday the 23rd of December. So our tech support lines will be closed from that date until 9am on Monday the 5th of January 2015, when we'll be looking forward to another year of tech talk with you, our service users, and indeed, our podcast listeners. Now, if you want to get in touch with us at any time, you can send an email to Technology podcast at ncbi.ie. We'd love to hear from you. And we've had some interesting discussion with one or two people in the last couple of weeks in relation to the podcast and the length of the podcast. We try to keep the podcast under an hour. It hasn't happened on this occasion, of course. And it generally depends on what we have available. And sometimes interviews get quite in depth and can go on quite long. The suggestion has been that we will try to keep the podcast to a max of 45 or 50 minutes, no longer. So my question to you is, what do you feel on the length of the podcast? Would you prefer a more regular length podcast of no more than 45 minutes? Or are you happy occasionally, if the content is interesting, that the podcast may extend over an hour? We'd love your feedback on this, podcast at ncbi.ie, uh, if you'd like to uh, give us some feedback. Now, on the last edition of our podcast, we asked you to email in to podcast at ncbi.ie ie and tell us what you would be expecting in your Christmas stocking what's the one thing you're looking for well we had a nice email from Leo Bizionet who's been in touch with us before and he says holiday wishes to all today was the day we exchange lists for of gifts with family members that we would wish for and he wrote this on the 1st of November by the way so he says mine is iTunes gift cards to put towards the purchase of the KNFB reader app for iOS having listened to demonstrations that's the big ticket I Well, thanks very much, Leo. And you'll hear about the KNFB Reader, of course, a little bit later on on this podcast. So I hope you will enjoy that. We had a nice email from Luis Eduardo Eduardo Pinas in Colombia, and he was in touch with us before, of course. He told us he's enjoying the podcasts and uh, watch this space because we'll be talking to Luis uh, early in 2015. Now, remember, if you want to get in touch, technologypodcast at ncbi.ie is the email address. Now, on the 29th of November last, we at NCBI did something for us which was quite new and exciting. We ran a day all about new and emerging technology with a particular focus on mobile devices and tablets and how they can connect to other devices such as braille displays or, for example, using an iPad as a distance camera. This event was aimed at parents and children, teachers, special needs assistants, resource teachers and visiting teachers and really wanted to capture those in education. The event was run in the wonderful setting of Clare Galway College in County Galway and was coordinated by Francis Kane, who's NCBI's technology trainer with responsibility for Galway, Mayo and Roscommon. Well, I was absolutely delighted to be at the event. It was great to meet with so many parents and children and just to get a sense of what the issues are on the ground. Also in attendance was Lena Cousy, our Library and Media Services Manager at NCBI, Daniel O'Mahony from the National Braille Production at Child Vision, and Connor Hartigan, who's the Outreach Officer, servicing schools and institutes of education based at the University of Limerick. Well, we captured lots of audio from the day, and let's start now by listening to Francis Kane welcoming everyone to the event.
1: Uh, first of all, apologies, we're running a small bit late, we just wanted to wait to make sure uh, everyone that was due to be here was here. Um, you're all very welcome, and thanks for everyone for coming on a Saturday morning, because I know people have travelled some distance for this. Um, for anyone that doesn't know me, my name is Francis Kane. I work with NCBI here in the west of Ireland, I'm the IT trainer and uh, support worker, um, and we just This is the first time we've run something like this here, so we we'll see how it goes, you know, it's as much to get you all together just as parents and support staff and children just to engage with each other. Um, what we're looking at is what we've called kind of new and emerging technologies. so uh, it's not looking at things like CCTVs or uh, magnification devices that a lot of you might be familiar with. It's more along the lines of Braille note takers, uh, tablets, uh, iPads, stuff like that. So. This morning, Stuart Lawler, who's kindly come down from Dublin. Stuart is our um, training centre manager and technology <coughs> advisor in Dublin. Uh, Stuart's going to run through some things, kind of based around Braille, but also how they link up with tablets and other devices. <coughs> and um, thank you. Look, today, just ask questions as we go along. You know, it's it's all about everyone trying to learn and just to see where technology is going and stuff like that. Um, so feel free; don't wait till the very end. If something pops into your head, just ask away. And Someone will try and answer the question. We also have visiting teachers here. We've got uh, staff from, um, from Dublin who are involved in Braille, um, Braille and, uh, and Media. And Lena, who works with us as well in our library services, will be here. So between everyone, hopefully we'll come up with answers if you have questions or just support and advice if you need that. And that was
0: Francis Kane. Now, Alan Mongie is principal of Clare Galway College, and I really have never met a more dynamic principal in a wonderful secondary school setting. Just have a listen to some of the great things they're doing in Clare Galway College.
2: Um,
3: I suppose just to give a little bit of background about our school, we're just established two years, uh, first and second years here in the school. We've 390 kids in those uh, two years. Um, our students don't use textbooks. Um, all of our current second year students have a, a netbook with e-books on them um, all of our current first years have a Microsoft Surface Pro device as I see Stuart has um, and we don't even have e-books on those so it's all teacher generated created resources across all subjects um, so the teaching staff here and the students together have created all of their own teaching and learning resources and the intention is, is to roll that right through to the junior cert and we'll do that for a few years until we see how it goes before we progress on to the leading set. But at the moment, that's where we are. So we're one of Microsoft's showcase schools worldwide. 150 schools have been selected from around the world to showcase how technologies can be used to enhance um, teaching and learning. And that's students from all backgrounds. And um, so what we do here with our, with our students is we use products like Microsoft OneNote and um, to create our teaching and learning resource where so what was our history ebook or geography ebook is now created in Microsoft OneNote and um, the teacher um, creates that to suit the class that's sitting in front of them the teacher can edit it and change it on a daily basis, a weekly basis can change it from year to year so uh, we're not beholden to the publishing companies who roll out updates of textbooks and ebooks on an annual basis. And, um, so our staff have created that and we have the added benefit of where students add content to that teaching and learning resource as well. So our students will produce lovely, fabulous diagrams that they would use in the junior cert and they leaving cert and they're inserted into it. The students will create uh, great videos and voiceovers in the languages, whether it be French, German, Spanish, and they're inserted into them as audio clips, so each student's textbook or e-learning resource um, is theirs, and they have great ownership over it. Um, So that's where we're kind of progressing um, here as a school. Um, You know, it's a whole different approach to teaching rather than the top-down model of the teacher at the top of the classroom saying this is the content out of the textbook that you must learn for your junior cert or you must learn for your leaving cert. It's very much about creating our own content moving forward that best suits the needs of each individual student. In the classroom.
0: That's exciting stuff, isn't it? That was Alan Monge, principal of Clare Galway College. Thanks again to Alan for allowing us to record uh, proceedings on the day. And uh, I think we're going to hear from Clare Gal- Galway College again on this podcast in the future. So uh, watch those guys. They're doing very innovative things. Uh, all those Microsoft surfaces around, it's uh, really exciting. Now, Lena Cousy is a library and media services manager with us here at NCBI. She's based in Finglas in Dublin. And let's have a listen to an ex from Lena's presentation on the day.
4: And I mentioned before the accessible formats that we work with include audio, braille, clear print, stroke, large print. They would be the three main formats, but I think the focus today would be more on the audio side of things because things have changed so much over the last few years in the way that we distribute audio and the way that we produce audio. We used to be based along analogue, producing cassettes in analogue format Um, Now, everything is recorded using digital recording equipment, um, using digital recording methods, and we distribute material now using digital tools, basically, whether it's USB keys, whether it's downloadables, whether it's CDs, everything is recorded in a digital format. So, talking about audiobooks that we do provide... What are they? We have four main audiobook types that we provide. We have the DAISY, which some of you might have heard of. We have CD books. We have USB downloadable books. And we have the old traditional, still have them, the cassette books, whether they're four-track or two-track cassettes. Now, what is DAISY? A lot of you might have heard of DAISY. DAISY stands for Digital Accessible Information System. It's an acronym, so D A. It's spelt like the flower daisy. Um, NCBI became a member of the daisy consortium 10 years ago, actually. we were one of the founding members of the daisy consortium when it first started out. And we have, ever since we've started, we produced daisy books, whether they were on the leisure reading side of things or on the educational side. The educational side of things, we've ceased producing daisy books in that format because we don't actually get any funding for the production of educational material. All the educational books are done through Child Vision now. So um, the Department of Education fa- funds Child Vision directly for producing. Um, Educational books. So they produce books in Daisy format, not all their titles, but some of their titles they would produce them in the Daisy format. Whereas we focus on Daisy for leisure reading, so it would be the audio side of Daisy that we would be producing in our studio um, for our, our service users. We also produce standard books on CD as well, which are standard CDs. And we have a collection of uh, downloadable audiobooks that are available. You can transfer them to different media. You can use them on your actual computer. You can use them through the console um, that you can download for free from the NCBI website. Um, and there's two types of downloadable audiobooks that are available. There's WMA and there's the MP3 um, audiobooks. The WMA They're a bit harder to transfer to different medias unless you have a WMA player. Whereas the MP3, they're more flexible. You can transfer them to a USB key, you can transfer them to a CD, and most of us would have a CD player which is an MP3 player and you can play the audiobooks through that. If not, we have something called a boombox. The old name for it is a boombox, but now it's called a sovereign player. They're the newer version and I'm just holding one up here and I can pass it around to everybody. Um, The USB key pops in the the top of it, it's very easy to use and there's just a dial button at the front, a big yellow button that switches it on and off. And you can hear, there is a recording on this USB key, it's very low at the moment, um, but there's a recording of a magazine on this. I'll pass it around. You can all have a little feel while I'm talking about the services. and see. Th- th- this uh, boom box is now for sale in the NCBI shop and they cost €40. Euro. They're not terribly expensive. We used to give them out free of charge from the library service. About six or seven years ago, we started giving them out as part of the library service. But that was because we had a grant. We had a specific fund for that. That's dried up and we don't have these funds anymore. So that's why we're asking any new client Anyone who wants downloadable audiobooks, that wants the transferable element of it, that they can play it on a boombox, or if they wanted, they can use a a CD player, but if they wanted this transferable media, they can purchase one of these machines Uh, through the NCBI shop.
0: We're at our Tech Day in Galway and I've caught up with Daniel O'Mahony from the National Braille Production at Child Vision. Daniel, welcome to our podcast. Hi, Stuart. How are you? Long-time listener too, I believe.
2: Oh, yes, of course. So, great to
0: have you with us. Uh, There's been some really interesting discussion today about DAISY and about, I suppose, production of electronic text. Give us a sense of of what you do in Child Vision because you're sort of at the heart of all that, aren't you?
2: Yeah, very much so. So, we produce um, DAISY files for school children from... Uh, primary school up to secondary school and we do all the uh, educational textbooks in, in daisy format be it from English language to foreign language to mathematics as well um, and uh, it's a really exciting uh, area to be in at the moment accessible, accessible technology is is really something that's uh, kind of taken a, a forefront I
0: suppose in a, in a, in a lot of uh, places now. There's been lots of questions and uh, chat today about different devices and platforms that people are using. What what sort of ways are people accessing the content you produce yeah okay so people access daisy files on
2: a, a range of devices be it from laptops to desktop pcs to tablet devices and um, within the tablet device range which just really kind of taken off in the last year or two you're looking at ios devices like the the ipad um, there are a lot of android devices now like the nexus and um, again some people are using them on on windows based devices too and um, yeah, it 's a really really interesting really exciting time and um, there 's a lot of potential there for 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 huge, uh, for huge growth in the area and uh, providing materials
0: to the, the the largest range of audience possible. Are we getting near to the time do you think when people will be maybe not ditching the braille book altogether but certainly using it less and turning more to this idea of electronic braille so they're not losing their braille skills but they're getting your braille files and putting them onto a note taker or computer is that, is that happening?
2: That will happen hopefully over the next uh, couple of years um, I think there's always going to be paper braille it is always going to be around um, I think the whole the whole tactile feeling of having a book in your hand and being able to open the pages and move through the pages sure. is there but yeah. yeah as working with uh, you know braille notes as you're saying the, the, the apex and um, the braille sense and it's amazing to see uh, how uh, braille files can be accessed so a student can take a digital file and then the digital file shows up underneath their fingertips
0: uh, which is fantastic I think exciting times and you're doing some great work so Daniel thanks a mil for joining us thank you very much Stuart and many thanks to Daniel O'Mahony great stuff going on there at the National Braille Production at Child Vision and of course Lena Cousy our Library and Media Services Manager if you want to find out more about the NCBI Library you can give us a call on 864 2266 or log on to our website at www.ncbi.ie forward library now Conor Hartigan is from the University of Limerick and he had the afternoon session and it was certainly very interesting. Let's have a listen.
5: Uh, like I said, my name is Connor Hartigan. I'm the Regional Assistive Technology Coordinator. I work in the University of Limerick and I work in assistive technologies and I have been working uh, there for about 11 years. Uh, my role is uh, outreach. So uh, I go out on school visits. We do teacher training. We do school support. I also go out to uh, local institutes, uh, higher uh, education institutes like uh, the Institute of Technology Tralee, we support all the students with disabilities in UL, we support all the students with disabilities in Mary and College, in Limerick IT and in the two Tralee IT's as well. So we go around to that region and we support students and we do one-to-ones with students, training them up on different softwares, we help them with JAWS, we work very closely with our colleagues in uh, the NCBI, (laughs) Quinlevin is our contact down in uh, Limerick, so we work very closely um, with all those services and I'm delighted to be invited here today by Francis and I'd like to thank him for the lunch so far and everything. so that's basically what, what I do. Is I do outreach and I travel out and I try and show as much of the technologies as possible, try and get students to use them, use them in their education and get them through to third level using the technologies because we found that those groups are underrepresented at third level and if we go back and try and train and support as much as possible between ourselves and NCBI that we'll get more numbers through using the technologies. So today my brief was on uh, the iPad okay so we're all uh, I hope we're all familiar with the iPad um, I have some iPads with me so if anybody wants to try something okay uh, or follow along with me because I'm gonna go through stuff in detail if you have an iPad take it out and use it if you want to try one I have three iPads here with me with the latest what what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through the accessibility features of the the iPads okay um, I'm going to firstly going to go through it around visual impairment and the magnification and vision features of, of the uh, iPad. And then I'm going to touch on voiceover. Then I'm going to show uh, about three or four apps, just a, a couple to get you thinking about apps, and we can have a discussion on apps because that is, that's huge. And then um, something that we've been trying out in UL around screen sharing of uh, laptops or lo- trying to get access to a teacher's board or trying to use a distance camera where a teacher is using a a laptop and a projector, how you could use an iPad instead, okay? That's around screen-sharing technologies, okay? So like I said, um, please stop me at any stage and ask me any questions, okay? I'm going to demonstrate it uh, on my iPad here on the screen. If anybody (coughs) wants to contact me, um, I'm sure... uh, Francis will be sharing my contact details but my contact details are here in this presentation I'll be sharing it with Francis and it's conor.hartkin at ul.ie okay if you want to contact me okay so firstly what I'd like to do is start going through the um, accessibility settings on the iPad okay and as uh, Stuart mentioned earlier there's a shortcut and if you triple click the home button you can get up a list of options where you can set up your accessibility options which is grayscale, switch control, assistive touch, zoom, inverted colours and voiceover. Mm -hmm. So you can very quickly access um, any iOS device and turn on um, the accessibility features. In order for that to work you first need to go into the settings and into accessibility And at the very bottom is the accessibility shortcut and that can be turned on and off. So I have it set on. And when you're setting up your iPad, it asks you, do you want to turn it on or off? Okay, so it asks you from the very start of a setup of an iPad, it considers... Uh, somebody with any
0: kind of disability. And that was Conor Hartigan from the University of Limerick. Uh, Handing out the iPads for people to play with always gets people excited. They did hand them back at the very end, I'm glad to report. Now, that's just a selection of the day. It was very exciting. Uh, Certainly in the afternoon, there was lots of discussion at the end. There was a very lively questions and answers session. And I think what we at NCBI have learned is that these type of sessions stimulate discussion and bring people together together to solve problems on their own. And in some respects, NCBI are there to facilitate these gatherings and to hopefully give suggestions for how technology can be used. So thanks to everybody who attended. I hope people did find it useful. Many thanks to Francis Kane and the team in Galway, Nicola McHugh and Deirdre Towie for doing such a great piece of work in bringing it together. And to Derek Carolyn from NCBI Athlone and Caroline Lane from NCBI Limerick for their assistance. Also, thanks for their support to Mary Harrison, visiting teacher in Galway, and Rosaline O'Hara, visiting teacher based in Roscommon. I was honoured and very privileged to be a part of a very special day, and I think we can look forward to similar events run by NCBI in 2015. Christmas is always a time for buying presents. And if you haven't bought something yet and there's a tech person in your life, you could do a lot worse than buy them Lisi. The product that we mentioned on the August edition of our podcast when we spoke with Brian and Lulu Hartston has just been launched and we're absolutely delighted to welcome Brian and Lulu back for the Christmas podcast. Guys, welcome back.
6: Thank you. Thank Thanks you for having us. And
0: Merry Christmas Merry, Merry, to happy, everybody. Happy Christmas to you guys. It's been, you're certainly busy um, because Lisi. we're uh, recording on the 8th of December. Lisi was just launched, I think, today. Am, am I correct? That's absolutely
6: Just right.
1: Today. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: Okay. So you're exhausted. And thank you for taking, are, taking our interview. <laughs>
6: okay.
0: Right. Th- th- there's, there's probably, there's probably a lot to talk about. Um, because Lulu, when, when we spoke initially in, uh, in, in August, you were telling me about sort of the idea of where Lisi came from. And you, you, you talked about your own personal experience as someone who, when you got to your first computer a couple of years ago, it was terrifying.
6: It really was. I got my first computer about uh, eight years ago. I had one day's training and then I came home and sat there with this slim black box in front of me and thinking now what? 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 I hadn't had the forethought to make any notes. I was expecting to remember what I'd learned. And, you know, the the, the startup music came on and the, um, the the screen reader announced itself was ready. Um, and it, it really is quite a scary thing. You've paid all this money for a state-of-the-art machine and you think, I'm scared to anything, I'll break it. I'll break it. That's ri- it's literally what I thought. I thought I, if I do something wrong, I will break it. um And you know, it, it's it's a terrifying thing, and especially if I mean I've been been blind all my life. If you if you've lost your sight recently and you are coping with um, you know coming to terms with, with with being newly blind, it's even more scary, and it is it's a whole scary concept, and the the. And this all came about because, you know, we're having to... If you're newly dealing with a computer, you're dealing with three things. You're dealing with the Windows operating system. You're dealing with the screen reader you're using. You're having to learn that. And you're also having to learn to get used to a, a, a text-to-speech voice. And those are three very steep learning curves. And what we really wanted to do is we wanted to reduce it to one learning curve and make it really as easy as we possibly could. So, you know, when you have Lisi, you don't have to worry for the moment about what, whether you're learning Windows 7, Windows 8, what. It doesn't really matter for the present. Um, As long as you have JAWS installed, um, then Lisi makes it very, very easy for you to learn what you're doing. It just makes it safe and easy and friendly and, and it takes all that scariness away. I
0: think you described it before as well as this almost, you know, somebody else with you at the computer holding your hand, backing off gradually as you learn more, but also this human voice, this person speaking to you as opposed to a synthetic speech synthesizer.
6: Absolutely. I mean, it's just not reasonable, especially if you're not used to it, to expect somebody to hear... A robotic sounding voice and expect them to immediately be able to understand because some people just can't. Um, it, it just doesn't come easily to some people. And the bottom line is that you do need to be able to understand a TTS voice eventually. And what Lisey does is it gently guides you into getting used to a text-to-speech voice. If you're asked a question that that you need to type an answer to, then you were asked that question with the text-to-speech voice so that you will actually be able to hear what that sounds like when you type your answer, if you have a character echo on then you'll hear the characters spoken in the text-to-speech voice. So Lisi will very gently guide you into hearing what the text-to-speech voice sounds like. But to hear the menus, to hear the help prompts, there's lots of context-sensitive help wherever you are in Lisi, you will be able to hear those in a friendly human voice.
0: Okay. And I think that's really important for the beginners. Um, we, we, we will talk about some of the features for both beginners and advanced users in a second. But before we do that, Brian, I, I, I use the word honoured and I don't use it lightly, was honoured to be part of the beta testing team. And I, I think I have some sense, and I only say some sense of the amount of work you put into this. What's it like developing, bringing this idea from concept in your head to what we have today? What's that experience like?
7: It's extremely busy. It's a very pressured environment because, of course, our beta testers have come from different countries. So, obviously, we're communicating with people in many different time zones. So, it not only means spending pretty much seven days a week living and breathing <laughs> with, with with Lisi, but... Um, it also means, you know, working very long hours because when a beta tester sends a report, obviously they want some kind of feedback, particularly if something quite significant has gone wrong. So we've had that uh, issue to contend with. But also, it's about uh, rectifying those bugs, uh, duplicating them. This is even, you know, after the development has taken place. It's about writing documentation and i believe that the documentation for a product is just as important as the product itself and that's why we've been thorough about it um and it's about bringing it to market and while it is extremely pressured as i say um Aside from the help from the beta testers, some of whom have been from Ireland, by the way, we've had quite a, a, a good uh, Irish healthy um, influx. From Ireland. That, that's right. <laughs> that's what we like
2: to hear. <laughs>
7: <laughs> but apart apart from that, um, apart from the testing that's been done by other people, it does go to show um, what two people can do. Yes. You know if you really set your minds to it, you can achieve anything you want to.
6: This has been an enormous undertaking i mean really the the coding of it has been brian 's work i 've done a lot of the design work on it. Um, how it's had to look and how it's had to feel because I'm the one who's had the experience of working as a complete computer newbie um, from really from the ground up so Brian says yes but we can can do this no you can't it's not safe you can't have it doing this that oh and there's been quite some quite heated discussions so you know it, it, it does get a bit pressured and you know we have had where we've been working like 18 hour days and then we'll have been falling asleep and i'll have said i've just had a blinding idea and brian said, oh no please not another one stop thinking <laughs> stop thinking yeah this is getting big enough you know but this is the, the great thing when you're developing a piece of software and it just people ask for things and we think how can we do this how could we make this happen it's It's tremendously exciting. It's an enormous amount of of work, an enormous amount of pressure. But it's been, of course, I've never done anything like this before. It's been an incredible, you know... The goods, the bads, the highs, the lows—it's been an amazing thing. Well,
0: it certainly is a, a, an amazing and a, a wonderful product that you've presented us with, uh, Brian. You mentioned documentation, and you're you're absolutely right. You you have to have clear and very, I think, concise documentation, but also that something that explains, in, in in I suppose, great detail exactly what you need to do. And the uh, on the website, which is leecentral.com, and we have it on our show notes. Uh, you have a whole section devoted to documentation, very well laid out in heading heading forms Um, and you really go right from the start
7: that's right it's divided into no less than 184 sections I think it is so that uh, gives you an idea as to how comprehensive it is (laughs) Um, and I I really do believe in explaining things as clearly as possible and uh, leave no room for doubt think the unthinkable Think what a person might need to know. So we do have the documentation which anybody can read, whether they are a lease, a license holder or not. Um, but also, we have uh, produced a DAISY guide for complete computer beginners. And this is something you talked earlier on about someone sitting alongside you and, and working with you, getting you used to how to use a computer and the product. So what this is, is a full training course. It lasts about uh, four and a half to five hours. Again, it's divided into headings. Um, There are two levels of navigation. So it's very easy to move on a daisy player between headings and subheadings. So You can work through it systematically, or you can jump in and out of different sections and, and use it as a reference tool later on. So what we have, yes, we teach you all about Lisi uh, Basic, the interface for computer beginners. That's fine. But we also go a lot further than that. We talk about uh, some of the broad computing uh, topics, concepts, things that you would want to know. So, for example, what is a cursor? What's its purpose? How do you actually edit text? Um, What is the subject line of an email for? How does the World Wide Web work? Um, what is a link? What is a heading, a form field? What's its purpose? All those sorts of things and a lot more. So this strikes me, Brian,
0: that there's probably a lot of people, in particular for Lisi Basic, who are maybe using this, who don't know a lot of this terminology. And rather than just teaching you Lisi Basic and getting up to speed on that, you're saying, yeah. well, well, here it is in context. Yes, that's right. That's that's
7: absolutely it. Because obviously, if a sighted person is giving um, someone assistance then they will know about these sorts of things because they can quickly uh, look at the screen and analyse what's going on. So, yes, we've presented a person with this very structured interface as far as uh, Lisi Basic is concerned, but it is important to know about the context so that um, when a a sighted person says what he or she can see on the screen, the blind person has some understanding of what this is all about as well. Okay, there's... Um, because you mentioned there Leasey Basic and Leasey Advanced.
0: And and I know we mentioned this back in August, but it is important, even from the the point of view of people
7: purchasing the product today, that there are two versions of Leasey, aren't there? Yes, there are. And when we spoke to you last time, There wasn't going to be that. There was just going to be the one product. Um, But we were asked repeatedly if we could make a a version of the product without the human support, uh, still with the menus, because it's surprising how many people actually do like menus. So they're available if that's what you want. Um, But everything is read out by the uh, usual voice that you would uh, associate with JAWS. So that is cheaper, and you don't get the uh, DAISY user guide. With that as well,
0: Lulu, one of the things I really like about Lisi and i 'd like about the concept since day one, and we touched on this last time is that there are other products, and I suppose we should say this there are other products that do this basic introductory stuff, but i haven 't seen any that are scalable like Lisi is, so normally, with other products, you can do so much and then you hit a brick wall, and mm. there is this huge jump if you want to go into let 's say the mainstream computer usage. I I, I get I guess with Lisi this is uh almost transitional. It happens automatically.
6: Yes. Absolutely. Lisi stands for Learn, Enable, Advance. So easy. That's basically how she got her name. <laughs> and uh, we really don't want to to restrict anybody. If you find that the menus is nice and you want to stay with the menus, absolutely no problem at all. If you want to stay with Lisi's human voice um, to, to help you and hold your hand, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to go further you want to grow and expand you want to work with JAWS for Windows and and go into Lisi Advanced, one simple keystroke will turn off the human speech and you can use um, JAWS as is but with Lisi along for the ride as uh, somebody says on our our Lisi demonstration (laughs) CD and uh, she has a whole raft of tools, utilities and services which will help make your life much, much easier, much more efficient there's really an almost seamless transition period um, that you can just it's just a, a, a wicked way to use a computer
0: I've been loving the Lisey Radio Lulu I, I've been using that pretty much since I started the beta test process it, cool. it's fantastic it really is yes. so, so let's just touch on some of the and you mentioned there the uh, the Lisey Audio CD which you can download from Leaseycentral.com. Mm-hmm. and you know there's so many features we won't get time to cover today but people should obviously go to Leaseycentral.com and you can even get a demonstration,
7: Brian? Yes, you can. You can get a a demonstration of uh, Lisi Advanced uh, by itself, or indeed, uh, Lisi Total Package.
0: Okay. Now, there's lots and lots of stuff here. And, you know, certainly for the beginner um, users, again, for example, things like Lisi Word and Lisi Email, they're all usable. And in fact, they are using out of the box products. So if you have Office on your computer, my understanding is it will load, for example, Microsoft Word. Yeah.
7: Yes, it will. Yes. Okay.
0: Now, some of the more advanced functionality, because I think when you, got, when you go to advanced and you're looking at time-saving and efficiency and getting the job done as quickly as possible, a few of my favourite ones, and then, Brian, maybe you can give us some of your favourites, because I'm sure you have <laughs> things you'd like to promote
7: as well. All right. Um, I love Leasey Texts. There are so many possibilities with Leasey Texts. Um, essentially, um, it is the ability to create... Um, either a phrase or paragraphs of um, paragraphs of text very, very quickly indeed. And there are a number of ways of doing it. You can either uh, save it so that you can bring it into a list of your lease texts. You would bring up the list, you would arrow down to signature and press enter, and it will be pasted into your editable area, no matter where that is. Um, So that's one way of using it. You can also um, bring your Lisi text into the virtual viewer. So imagine this, you've actually got a set of instructions that you're using in order to, to learn a piece of software or maybe how to get around a website. So you bring it into the JAWS virtual viewer, you arrow down, read the first set of instructions, press escape, do whatever you need to do with the application, go back to the leasy text in the virtual viewer, not only is that cool because you can um, learn and and use the leasy text without leaving the application that you're working on, but also it takes you back to the line that you were previously reading. So typically with a virtual viewer screen, you'd be right back at the top, which is a bit of a nonsense, really. You want to pick up from where you left off. So there is that use for it, but it gets much better because you can actually create your own form of shorthand. And we call these abbreviations. So, for example, if you regularly uh, type the National Council for the Blind of Ireland, what you could potentially do is you could assign that to NCBI so that whenever you type NCBI and you press a keystroke that we've defined, it will type that out for you. So, just take that concept in your mind and think about all the useful phrases um that you could um you, you could um assign. Uh, abbreviations to and paragraphs of text too. very useful in the workplace
0: my productivity is going to flash up after all this wait my boss hears all this I was gonna <laughs> you, when, when you're, gonna get, you're out, gonna get me in trouble uh,
5: you'll want more fun,
0: yeah.
6: yeah ultimately N- a lot of these things in lisi advanced we have to find ways in in the in the workplace and in study of making things quicker making things more efficient it just has to be done we have to save time because we just we need to keep up basically and this is what we really try to do.
0: And I think that's very evident. And Lulu, you mentioned study and the the next feature that I'm certainly going to highlight and and Brian I remember when you wrote this to the the group of us who were testing the product. um, It's something called Lisi Sticky Notes and you said, what do you think guys if we brought in this feature? And I just said this is something that you have to have. So you're reading a lengthy document, you're studying, uh, you're reading a report and you want to be able to make notes as you read And then I I guess um, refer back to those sections so you can see
7: those notes in context. Yes. I mean, uh, sighted people have been scribbling in the margins of books for years, decades and decades. And we've never really had this ability as visually impaired people. So we we just thought it would be a great idea if that facility existed. It does exist, ironically, on on some daisy players. Uh, You can actually uh, annotate daisy books like that. But uh, there isn't really anything, as far as I know, on the computer for this. So, yeah, at least a sticky note. You can can apply it to any text, not just in documents, in PDF files or on the web and and that sort of thing, but also, for example, in email, a lot of people have, believe it or not, hundreds of messages just in their inbox alone. they don't file things away they're not neat neat freaks <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and so um, because they've got all this mail floating around, they sometimes forget why they've kept a particularly uh, important message. So you could attach a leasy sticky note to it and say, oh, I kept this because uh, it reminds me that I need to pay a bill next week. And then when you come across that message, at least you're going to know why you kept it. So. Um, least sticky notes could be great for that but also um, if a trainer an IT trainer was helping somebody um, to navigate a particularly difficult website for example um, they might want a set of instructions um, conveyed to the visually impaired person as they're moving through the web page and so potentially they could create a series of sticky notes which give, give this little uh, aid memoir to the, the visually impaired student.
0: So lots of, I suppose, uses there and probably lots of uses, as often happens with products when they're released, that the developers don't even think of. It's people coming back to you going, I've
7: used this in, you know, in, in whatever way. And you go, wow. We've really loved that in, yeah. the, in the beta testing cycle because people have said to us, well, I'm using uh, Leasey Text for storing serial numbers yeah. or shopping lists.
6: i yeah, doing my shopping list. That's, that was a great idea. Yeah. I never thought of that.
0: Mm. <laughs> now, the other one that I really like, I've been using it quite a bit for my file management uh, is something called leasy tags uh, because especially when you're trying to manage and copy files across folders or between drives and they're, what's the word they use? Um, not contiguous or not even, contiguous. even not the same folder.
7: Yeah, that, that correct.
6: I'm so excited about this one. You, you talk about it, Brian, because this was your baby.
7: It, it really uh, has been a bit of a favorite, although I say it myself. Um, and I was using it only this morning because what I needed to do was to copy, I think, about 350 files from different folders into one folder. So, um This is often what happens. Some of the best um, ideas for products are born out of necessity. They're tools that, uh, you know, as a screen reader user, um, you use. So the way this works... It's, it's actually quite problematic if you want to do this in Windows Explorer. Um, select files um, in a non continuous range. You have to hold down the control key and press the down arrow, press the control space, and so on. If you let go of the control key by accident and you press down arrow, that's it. All your selection's gone. Um, so, what Leecy tags enable you to do um, is to um, arrow to a file that you want to do something with, whether it be cut, copy or delete, you press a keystroke and you hear a little leasy tag sound, that little tick. And then you can narrow down a couple and tag another file and you can keep going in that vein, ad item. And when you've got everything ready, you can review what you've got, you can press a keystroke and you can hear them all, or you can just skim up and down the list. And every time you encounter a file that's tagged, you hear the little tag sound you can do this in multiple folders at once so if you want to uh, do half a dozen in one folder and then 10 in another that's perfectly okay when you've got everything the way you want it you press for example control C or control X and then you uh, go into the folder for example that you want to cut or copy to you press control p as you normally w- uh, control v as you normally would um, and the files are pasted into that folder
6: and not just to say it doesn't just work with files you can if you want to move folders about
7: folders it works with folders and for the audio fans among you um, this does work with our Lisi audio application which is an entire suite of uh, playlist management tools so you could um, tag a lot of music files that you want to put into a playlist you can press a keystroke and everything that is tagged will form part of a playlist. You can then listen to the playlist if you want to. You can rearrange the order. You can hear an individual song from it, or you can delete it. So there's so much, again,
0: time-saving tools here. We're back to this efficiency, this idea of being able to do things quicker and getting to what you want, I suppose, as, as, as quickly as possible.
6: And the tagging is a very intelligent application as well. You haven't got to worry about tags floating about. It cleans up after itself. When you finish using a tag, you don't see it anymore.
7: That's right. So there's no confusion at all.
0: Okay, there's loads of other stuff here. Guys, I mean, I'm just looking at the list of features again. Lisey alerts, Lisey points, um, Lisey tweets. Uh, we, could, we could talk all day about this, but the, <laughs> the other one, uh, Brian, that I was going to mention, because I, I, I've had a bit of a, I continue to have, and we're using it for this interview, a bit of a love-hate relationship with Skype. Oh, because, I was
5: going
0: to <laughs> I think everybody, <laughs> Skype gets updated and something doesn't work. Uh, especially the text chat is a bit, you know, hit and miss. You've developed a very nice little uh, add-on called
7: Lisey Skype. That's right. And um, I'm glad you're, you're talking there about Skype updates, because we were nearly caught out this morning. Um, I'll let you into a little secret, because uh, Skype came out with a new update only today, hours before launch but uh, we were able to fine-tune things and we were able to be instantly responsive. And Lisi, we can confirm, does work with the very latest update of Skype. And I don't think that JAWS as standard does do that at the moment because there are issues with the chat facility, reading back text chat messages. So yes, what we've tried to do is uh, we think that we've got the best Skype support out there we certainly hope so um so it makes it easy to perform common tasks with Skype such as set your mood text um hear your Skype credit balance um those sorts of things We also have the facility of being able to quickly search for contacts that are in your contacts list. So rather than scrolling all the way down the list, you can just type the person's name. We've done some work on the emoticons list so that you can um, easily uh, select the kind of graphic that you want. And it's going to speak that back to you. Things like a smiley face, (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, You can hear when Skype contacts sign in and out. But I think the best thing, one of the best things anyway, is the chat because uh, text chat with the demise of MSN um, is becoming quite important. Skype is uh, really the key player here. So you can type messages. They're going to be spoken back to you automatically. There are keystrokes to review the conversation if you've uh, missed any element of it. And it's just I feel it's just a pleasure to use Skype with leasy Skype. It it just works. It does
0: work. And I I suppose if I was to describe it, I would say it's reliable and there are no um, focus issues, I suppose. I've certainly had lots of those in the past.
7: That's the thing. There are keystrokes that we've uh, implemented, not only to make sure that um, you can focus on the right area where you need to be, but also To actually be able to do things like press escape to drop out of a conversation, you can't do that. You've got to maybe alt F4 or tab around, that sort of thing. Um, So we've just made things very, very consistent. We hope we have.
0: All right. Now, before we talk maybe a bit about pricing and compatibility and uh, updates and a couple of things like that, um, you have a little section that you've, I suppose, put some utilities. They're kind of uh, miscellaneous things, I suppose, but some of them certainly refer to Dropbox, and some of them are very quick ways to do things with the JAWS screen reader. I find the Dropbox one's really useful because there's a way with Lisi, for example, to check your Dropbox status, whether you're synchronizing or whether you're just all up to date. Isn't that right?
7: It's one I've... Or, uh, I always use, actually, on a daily basis. Yes, there is a keystroke to do that. Um, you can you can press a keystroke, and it's going to tell you whether it's up to date or whether it's uploading or downloading. There's also been some work done on the actual Dropbox interface itself because this has been notorious uh, for being not particularly accessible. When you go into the Dropbox options, there are several tabbed pages, and uh, some of those options don't work particularly well. So we, we've done some work there. There are things that we've done to the JAWS screen reader as well, which uh, we think just improve it a little bit on a day-to-day basis. So, for example, we have a keystroke to um, uh, report the number of words in a document that you've typed. Um, When you get an email from somebody, it's very often that you'll want to copy the email address um, to the clipboard, perhaps for pasting elsewhere. We have a keystroke for that. When you uh, change the typing echo um, with insert and figure two, um, by default, that's only done on a temporary basis. We make it permanent. So there are a lot of um, subtle changes kind of under the hood that we do explain about in the documentation and also in our hotkey help as well, um, which is uh, very intelligent. It allows you to learn what the keystrokes are, um, but also um, it will perform them for you if you can't remember them. Because we've got so many keystrokes, it's uh, you know, a bit of a learning curve. So we don't expect you to remember them all the time.
0: Now, um, just going back to, you mentioned updates a couple of minutes ago and you mentioned the Skype update this morning. And I suppose by the nature of the applications that you're working alongside, there's always going to be tweaks and updates. How will, how will that work for Lisi? Because somebody, somebody buys Lisi, it's downloaded. How will, how will they get those updates if you patch something?
7: Uh, via our simple internet update facility. So um, you can. if you've got Leasey Advanced, you would probably go to the hotkey help and you would select check for updates, which is right there. Or if you're using Leasey Basic, there's a way of doing that as well. And what it does is it will check the server to ascertain whether there is a new update. If there is, it will bring it down and it will just install it onto the machine for you Typically, it takes about 20 seconds to uh, apply an update and then it will ask you if you would like to restart JAWS because typically um, some of the updates that we will be sending out require that you do a JAWS restart. So it's a simple dialogue box. Do you want to uh, restart JAWS? You press Y for yes. JAWS closes down. It restarts. That's it. You're ready to go. So if something
0: does break, and if it's a Microsoft issue or or an issue with a program, the chances are you guys are on it already, and there's going to be an update coming very shortly.
7: So people shouldn't be panicking. Is that it? We certainly hope so. And uh, the thing to do is obviously to keep an eye on Lisi Central, because if we know that there's an issue, we'll we'll probably put it out on uh, Lisi's blog to say, that we are working on it and uh, just to be patient while we uh, get around these issues and uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get a, an update out as soon as we can.
6: But obviously, we do have a support address that you can write to if you do have any technical problems. That's right. You, you can always reach us.
0: Now, we've had lots of references during this chat about the JAWS screen reader. So, Lisi, I suppose we should explain, works in conjunction with JAWS. So, in order to use Lisi, you do have to have JAWS, right, in, in, installed on your machine. That's right. You need to have JAWS
7: versions 14, 15, or 16.
0: And that will, it's, it doesn't matter whether it's home or professional or standard really. or
7: no, It doesn't matter about that. And if, um, as happened during our testing cycle, um, at least once, uh, Freedom Scientific, um, well, they were coming up with the JAWS 16 full release at that stage. There was uh, one public beta after another. Yeah. And our testers were able to update quite safely from Freedom Scientific. It, it allowed them, importantly, to take advantage of the updates that Freedom Scientific were putting out. But it also, just as importantly, didn't break any of their leasy functionality.
0: Right. Well, we're excited. Um, before we get too excited, better check. I better check the price. Yes. So <laughs> people, people are all going online as we speak, as listening to this. Tell us. Tell us how much Lisi right. costs.
6: We have two packages of Lici. As we've mentioned, Lici Total package, which includes the all the human speech, the the menus, the context sensitive help, all that comes with the the Lisi's special human voice. That costs one hundred and fifty pounds, and with that, um, obviously, you get all the tools, utilities, and services that you've heard described here today. Um, if you'd like Lici Advanced, which doesn't have the human speech doesn't have the daisy book which you've also heard described here today but does have comprehensive documentation all the tools utilities and services that you've heard described here today that is a hundred pounds
0: and these are available lulu online so they can be bought instantly is that right
6: absolutely um they are available online at leasycentral.com or and on the um if you prefer to place an order by telephone as some people do they don't really like um doing credit cards over online well, that is very secure. Um, there are telephone numbers that you can, uh, there's a, a UK telephone number that you can call if you prefer to.
7: It is important to say as well that we really do believe in high quality accessibility. So you will find if you do want to buy Leasey online, uh, every effort has been made to ensure that the shopping system is is 100% accessible. Absolutely.
6: We also believe in giving you the safest and best shopping experience you can have, whether you do it online or over the phone. We'll do our very best to, to help
0: Okay. Without, um, Brian, without, I guess, getting you to uh, divulge too much, and I know there's probably lots of things going on in the background, what are you thinking of for the future of Lisi? Because I suspect you guys are well planned already into the future. And uh, you may not want to tell us everything, but sneak peeks, is there something that is very inaccessible at the moment that you're saying, I think I can help people use that?
7: Um, I'm willing to commit to one thing. Okay. Which is iTunes. Because at the moment, uh, since we spoke to you, I think, uh, last time, um, iTunes 12 has been introduced. And a lot of people are getting a little bit frustrated, to say the least, about um, the differences in the interface of iTunes. So um, we have been asked repeatedly for good iTunes support. So that is a very high priority on the list.
0: After Christmas, you're going to go and enjoy Christmas first, though, I, I seriously hope. (laughs) <laughs> I think you deserve. And, right. <laughs> and 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 I I also think um, on that iTunes thread, I know a lot of people, there's been lots of talk about Spotify and whilst it works well on mobile platforms, uh, certainly on a PC, it is challenging, I suppose, yes, let's say.
7: Um, if, we're, we're definitely looking at that as well.
0: All right, we'll go and have a, a nice Christmas break first. Okay. Uh, Brian and Lulu, it, it's fantastic. And I know from, I've known you guys for a while and, and involved in other projects and anything you do, You do it to perfection and I've no doubt Lisi is going to be the very same. So major congratulations. Thank you for taking such time to talk to us about it today. And let's keep in touch because I think it's going to be a really good product and a very, very happy Christmas to you both. Thank you you so so much, Stuart. Thank Thank you. you. You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast. It's our Christmas edition. I'm not sitting in the studio when I'm recording this. I'm actually sitting at my kitchen table in my apartment. And on the... September edition of our podcast, you'll remember I spoke with James Gashel of KNFB Reading Technologies in the United States, and he was excited and rightly so because he was telling us at the time of the imminent launch of KNFB Reader for iOS. Now, of course, KNFB Reader has been around in a number of iterations over the years. James reminded us that it started way back with the Kurzweil Reading Machine. It's been a computer product called Kurzweil 1000, which is still available. It was on a standalone. PDA before it went to the Nokia N82, and I know a lot of people who used it very successfully on the N82 and the N95, and now it's available on iOS, and indeed is shortly, I'm told, to be available on Android. It was launched shortly after the release of iOS 8 and sells for somewhere around 83 or 84 euros on the App Store, depending on the dollar conversion rate on the day. I was impressed to hear a lot of people whose value or whose opinion I value rather in the assistive technology world praising KNFB Reader very quickly and saying how good it was as a product. And I was so impressed that I wanted to try it out for myself. We were contacted by Sensatech, therefore the people who manufacture a KNFB reader for KNFB reading technologies, that company is based in Belgium, and they've very kindly given us a number of licenses that we can not only use to demonstrate KNFB reader for you today on this podcast, but that some of our training and support staff will be able to have in NCBI to make sure that you as a user can get support for this product from NCBI, so we're delighted to have that relationship with Sensitech in Belgium. I'm going to briefly show you my use of KNFB Reader today on my iPhone 6. Before I show you the app though, it would be wrong of me to do anything without explaining that I have very poor spatial awareness. When you're told, for example, to lift the camera six inches from the page, it really means nothing to me. And the reason I tell you this is because the results I've had using the app have not been perfect, and I don't think it's the fault of the app. It's my poor spatial awareness. I've used KNFB Reader to identify post, and I use the word identify and not read. So I don't think I can use KNFB Reader at the moment effectively to read post in detail, but I can use it to tell me enough information so I know who the post is from. So, for example, I may have received a letter from my mortgage company. I might want to keep that and ask a trusted friend or family member to read it to me later on. Alternatively, I may receive a local piece of junk mail, and if I don't want it, it, I at least know what it is, and it goes straight in the bin. Well, we'll get a chance to see how KNFB Reader does on print in a moment. So first of all, let me unlock my phone. I have the iPhone 6 and we'll unlock it and open KNFB Reader. So I'm going to press the home key.
8: 532pm.
0: And let's unlock my phone. Phone. And I keep my KNFB Reader in the utilities folder. So let's do that.
8: Page one of weather. Health, App Store, Ebook Read, Notes, Travel Apps, Utilities Folder, Eight Apps. There we
0: go. And utilities. we'll locate KNFB Clock. Reader. Calculate.
8: Compass, Voice Mem, AR4, Money Reader, KNFB Reader.
0: And we double tap.
8: knfb Voice over on.
0: That's a quirky thing in iOS uh, 8, by the way. It's nothing to do with KNFB Reader. VoiceOver intermittently turns on and off. Those of you who use iOS 8 may have experienced this already. Well, KNFB Reader has now loaded, and we should be presented with the main screen.
8: File Explorer. Button.
0: And here's the first option on that screen. It's the File Explorer. When you double tap this, you're brought into the area in which your saved files are stored. So when you scan something, you can opt to save it. Also in here is found the manual and quick start guide, both of which are recommended reading.
8: Settings. Button.
0: The settings area allows you to change a whole load of app settings that we don't have time to look at today, but you can browse that and have a look at
8: it. Camera flash is on button.
0: There are three settings for the camera flash on, off and auto. I've had best results with the flash set to on because I'm never aware, being totally blind, of the lighting in a given environment. They suggest if you set it to auto that the F B reader will make the decision, but uh, as I said, I've had best results with it set to on. I don't know if it has an implication, but for me, that's worked okay.
8: Tilt guidance. Switch button. Off.
0: Tilt guidance is currently off. With it turned on, the phone will vibrate until you have it held directly over the page. I found this useful, but uh, in some cases a little distracting. So for the moment, I have it turned off.
8: Take picture.
0: Well, there's the take picture button. We'll come back to that in a second.
8: Field of view report button.
0: The field of view report is probably one of the most useful features of the app. It allows you to make sure that all parts of the page can be seen before you take a picture. And we'll use field of view in a minute.
8: Batch mode is off.
0: Batch mode allows you to scan a number of pages at a time without doing OCR until you've finished. So, for example, you might be in a library. You want to scan a book that you can't take with you. You can batch scan it and OCR it later.
8: OCR language. Button.
0: The OCR language is currently set to English.
8: Document type. Button.
0: Document type can either be columns or single uh, document. Columns is set by default, so columns will be recognized.
8: Select profile button.
0: And you can create several types of profiles. Um, I haven't done anything like that, so I have to confess to not knowing much about that part of the app. Right. I have two documents here. When I was uh, traveling up from Galway from our technology day that you heard about earlier on in this podcast, um I picked up, would you believe it, an Irish Rail menu. I didn't realize that they do menus, but uh, I picked one up. Um, so I have it here, and I'm going to put it down on my kitchen table, because I often wondered, what do Irish Rail have on their menus? So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a look. Uh, so let's flick back to our take uh, field of view report.
8: Document type. OCR language. Batch mode is off. Field of view report button
0: i'm going to move the phone now slightly because i have to place the camera over my over the page and i'm going to double tap on the field of view report excuse the noise in the background it's a guide dog in the house walking around
9: field of view report all four edges are visible rotated nine degrees clockwise
0: all four pages, all four edges are visible. Now, saying that I've just moved the phone so that I could put the speaker to the microphone, but I think I'm pretty okay. All four edges are visible. That looks good. Let's do it again. Let's take the picture take this picture. time.
8: Button. Take picture. Take picture.
9: Pause. Button.
0: Now we've taken a picture. Uh, let's let the KNF be... Pause.
9: Jameson Irish Whiskey Somi MK 5.60. Husser Vodka ka Cork Dry Gin Semi Nk 4.65 4.65 Newspapers. Unselected services, recommended retail price, Irish Independent Sunday Independent. Playing cards available, 2.99 KWS6 VWFFF, Ampersand, As, SUIs, IWWFTRIWM, White's FFTJWIWWV,
0: OK, I'm going to stop it there. What happens is the voice that you have selected for your primary language, in the, in my case, it's Ireland English, the Myra voice actually reads the text. So you almost have two voices in this app. So you have your default voice. My default is US English. And then Myra is used to read the text. And you'll see there it picked up prices. I got the fair gist of the menu. I didn't get the whole thing. I didn't know, for example, they have playing cards on Irish Rail and they have Jemison Irish Whiskey. Now that's one side of the menu. I'm going to...
8: take picture Button.
0: I just did a, a scrub there to go back. I'm going to turn the menu over and I'm going to take a picture. Again, I'm going to do a field of view report first to make sure it can be...
6: Field of view
9: report. Button.
0: make sure it can field be seen...
9: Report. All four edges are visible. Rotated four degrees counterclockwise. All
0: four edges are visible. Let's take, take a picture. picture.
9: Take picture. Pause
8: button.
0: And now we we should have it read to us. Now in this instance, nothing happened. I'm not sure if that's because the page is blank. I, my understanding was there was a print on both sides of that page. So, we have nothing to scan. I have another sheet here. I don't even know what it is. So, I'm going to unfold this. button. And I'm going to put it on the table. And I'm going to do a... Uh, let scrub button. here to go back. And I'm going to do a field of view report on this.
9: Field of view report. But field of view report. Right bottom edges are visible, rotated three degrees clockwise.
0: The right bottom edges are visible. We'll see what it looks like, okay? Take
9: picture.
8: But, take picture. Pause. Button.
0: So I've taken the picture. Now we'll try and get it to...
8: Next, next, document language. Read. Next, next, play. Play.
0: There are options here for reading text. Previous sentence. So previous sentence. Play. Play. Next sentence. Next sentence. But,
8: play. Play previous save document I can Down. also no text sa-
9: found.
0: save the document here but it says there's no text found take so let's picture, turn button. the page around and let's take a picture here
8: take picture button take picture. after
0: a while you don't need to do a field of view report because you um,
8: pause button
0: you, you know you you you'll kind of get the idea of the angle that you need to hold the page or the, to hold the phone away from the the page. Now it's trying to OCR, so let's see. Can we
8: Next sentence. explore here Button. and find
0: any text?
9: Play. No text found. No Play. text,
0: okay. Possibly that was a blank sheet, I'm not sure. So, my, I suppose, honest opinions of KNFB Reader are it's a great app. I don't think I'm using it to its maximum because I'm not yet comfortable that I am able to position the camera and I'm not yet comfortable that I am able to deal with different document types. If you, if we use the example of the menu from Irish Rail you will see that I got enough from it to tell me what it was and for me that's kind of all I needed to know and that's how I use it for for my post but saying that I think I wouldn't do the app justice if I was telling you that's all you can do with it. It's a really good app and the Um, The OCR, certainly even for me who's not good at this kind of stuff, is much better than anything I've seen before. If you use KNFB Reader, and I have no doubt there are lots of listeners listening to this podcast who use it and are probably getting much more out of it, I'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us, technologypodcast at ncbi.ie and tell us how you use the KNFB Reader for iOS. Well, that's just about all we have time for on this month's edition of our podcast. Indeed, it's about all we have time for for this year. As uh, 2014 draws to a close, so does our technology podcast. Thanks to everybody for participating in this month's edition, especially Francis Kane, Alan Mungie, Lena Cousy, Daniel O'Mahony, uh, Connor Hartigan, and Brian and Louise Hartston. It was great to have all you guys involved. And thank you indeed to everybody who's involved themselves in any way with our podcast over the past year whether you were an interviewee you recorded features for us uh, you sent emails and feedback or you just listened and downloaded our podcast and told your friends 2015 is going to be an exciting year for our podcast because we have lots of developments in the pipeline and you'll hear about those in due course i want to thank my colleagues at ncbi for their support especially in the web development it and communications team So that's just about it. It leaves me to say thank you for a wonderful year of technology podcasts. Have a very happy, peaceful and safe Christmas and I look forward very much to speaking to you in January 2015 when another year of technology will begin. From Stuart Lawler on behalf of everybody at NCBI, happy Christmas, take care and goodbye.